worshiping with us. And then uh, today we're starting a, a new sermon series on God's guidance, GPS, uh, God's positioning system. And today we'll be focusing on uh, knowing uh, the guide. And the next Sunday we'll focus on walking the path of wisdom. And then the, uh, the following Sunday we will be uh, talking uh, together. and then are making uh, practical decisions and how we may be able to do that in uh, some practical areas. Uh, well, let's go to God's Word together, and then we're going to go to Psalm 23, a uh, few verses, and then we are going to go to uh, Proverbs 2, Proverbs uh, 3 as well. Okay, uh, Psalm 23, uh, let's read in unison together, um, verse 1 through uh, 3 together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding in your Acknowledge him, and then he will make straight your paths. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us and then becoming our father and adopting us. And then and thank you for being our guide, shepherd who leads us. And God, we thank you. Now we want to continue to look to you, and we pray that you meet with us. And as I share what you have placed on my heart, that uh, Holy Spirit, would you speak your words into our hearts? Meet with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, many of you are, are, some of you are visiting Korea, and then many of you used to live uh, uh, abroad or in other countries, and then you are here living in Korea. Uh, what led you here? You know, as we think about how we came where we are, um, it took many decisions and uh, many choices. And as I was thinking about how am I here, and then serving God and serving uh, the congregation here, uh, there was many, many uh, different choices. As I was thinking about some, uh, there were at least few. Um, one, you know, how I felt led to go into ministry. You know, my dad was a pastor, and then he had me, when he was pretty old, he told me, you know, I've been praying that you become a pastor. So I was kind of brainwashed and a little bit. But then when I was in high school, I had a personal encounter with Christ, and then I realized that Jesus is the reason for living. And then Jesus, I sensed that Jesus called me, especially through my father, and I was prepared. And then soon after, and I especially, you know, hearing testimony uh, of a missionary, I felt, you know, called to especially uh, to full-time ministry, and, and I went into ministry. Uh, that was an important decision, and that led me here. But, but there are some others. Uh, important decision to uh, get married. Many of you know my wife, Jamie. And then, you know, as I was praying for a, a future mate, Um, you know, I was praying for somebody that was very quiet and then very uh, passive in a way. And then somebody that's very unlike, you know, the, my wife right now. And then when I first met her, I thought she was a little too wild. She was an art student in New York City and with a long hair. And then I thought, man, she would not make a good pastor's wife. And that's what I thought. And then I said, no, no, no. Uh, probably not her, and I feel sorry for 
the, the person that's going to marry her. That's kind of a, what I thought. And, you know, the God opened, closed the doors, and then God continued to, to let us together. And then I'll be sharing a little bit more about this in a few weeks. But anyway... Thank you, Jamie. She's there. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, there are a few other important decisions in my life. <laughs> and then, you know, especially arrival, uh, me, you know, us meeting my daughter. My wife was pregnant, and then she had a very long uh, delivery, 36 hours long delivery. And then at the end of the uh, delivery, the doctor says, you know what, we're going to have to have an emergency C-section, and then took her uh, to the, uh, the emergency room and did the emergency C-section, took the baby out, didn't give the baby to mom, take her uh, to the ICU unit. And then after a little bit, the doctor came and said, you know what, we need you to sign this paper. Uh, we are going to watch her, but, but we have called a helicopter to be on a standby because we might have to take her to a children's hospital. And then because she has very too much meconium and then her uh, uh, organs are failing right now. And then her lung is about to collapse. And then we don't know. We're really, you know, watching. And that was uh, the first thing that we heard. And then we said, wait, wait, wait. Uh, you know, is this what's happening? And that's how we met my daughter for the first time. We didn't, I didn't get to see her uh, for many days, and then Jamie didn't get to hold her until after a week or so. But, but at that moment, we prayed, God, you know, what's going on? And then we had to respond to God uh, in prayer, and that's how we met. You know, I met my daughter. Well, let me tell you about my son, too. And then, you know, the son, Christian, he's not here. Uh, but what happened was, uh, as she was uh, in going through her pregnancy, and as the doctors were doing some uh, tests, and then uh, one time the doctor uh, looked very seriously and said, you know, some of the, the tests that we're running are indicating there is a strong probability the baby is going to have some major problem. And then we suggest the thought of ending the, uh, the pregnancy. Uh, and we said, no, and that's not acceptable, and that's not what we're going to do. But, but you know what? Meeting of my brother, not my brother, my son, my daughter, my wife, and then, you know, the, uh, deciding to go into ministry and many other things, and let me hear. What are some of the decisions that you had to make that brought you here? The decisions that you make make you, doesn't it? And then as you look back, it's made, led you this far because you chose to, you know, to uh, follow and make the decisions and follow and let, led you here. As a Christian, you and I know that we just do not go, oh, what's the best way? And then make the best decision. We know that we have a guide and God who is our Lord and God who is our shepherd. And then we walk together with him, and then we follow his leading. And then I'm sure that you are here because you kept in step together with him and then brought you here. Amen? But you know, as we're thinking about, yes, 
There are many important decisions that you need to make. You know, even should I work here and should I get married to this person or to whom? And then where should I live? And then should I renew the contract so that stay here in Korea one more time or should we go back? Or there are many, many, many decisions that you need to make in the midst of those important decisions. And sometimes as we seek God, God, what do you want me to do in God's will? And sometimes I do this. I have to confess. Sometimes as I think about something, I go to God in prayer, and then I don't have to pray long because I already know the answer. God, help me to know this, and then help me to do this. Help me to do this. Because many times, and then I already made up my mind, and I'm just coming to God and saying, God, help me to do what I want to do. Sometimes when we think about, God, what is your will? And then help me to know sometimes. And you don't want to think through many things. And in the midst of so many options, you want God to just make the, uh, the life easy and just tell you what will be the best. And so that you will not have to worry about some of those things. Yes. There are many, many decisions that you need to make. And those decisions that you make will continue to lead you to a direction in your life. But sometimes some of us are so afraid of making decisions. And to the point like, God, what if I miss your will? What if I don't do what you want me to do? I want to make sure this is a person. I want to make sure this is what you want me to do. And to the point that we just don't make any decisions and we live such a passive life, not doing anything. Well, as we're thinking about some of the decisions, how we are going to respond and then walk together with God. And today's focus is this. We need to get to know the guide. God, who is our shepherd, who is guiding us. Let's think about a few things together. The first is this. You need to come to know God and his will a little bit more fuller. And this is what I mean. Yes, the Bible says he is going to guide you. And then there are many testimonies, many stories that speaks about how God will lead you and then God guides you. But When the Bible talks about the will of God, many times it's not talking about personal will, where to go and what to do. But there are other will of God that you need to take into account as you think about God, what is your will? And the first is this, God's will. Sometimes it's called decree and God's sovereign Will. There is a will of God. What God plans to do and then what he takes charge of and then he does it and then he does it regardless. He's in control and then he carries out his purpose. Sometimes we do not know fully what's going on, but God has a will and God is in the business unfolding and carrying out his purpose. And that's what we know. 
was Father's will that He sent Jesus Christ to die as a substitute in our place because it was Father's will that through the death of His Son that He would purchase and redeem a group of people and then will one day bring them to be His and toward that end. And God is unfolding His plan and that's what we see. You see, when Jesus came to the uh, Garden of Gethsemane, Father, not my will but Thine. And Jesus, in a human way, was saying, Jesus and God, Father, you know, I do not enjoy, look forward to the nails going through my hands, but not what I want, but what you will and what you are set out to do, let your will be done. And then gave and surrendered his will to the Father's will. And that's what we see. You know what? As we look around some other passages, we see that God is in control, even not just with the big things, but even with the small things in life. God is in control. There is no sparrow that falls apart from God permitting it. God counts the number of your hair. And what God is saying, yes, God gives room for us to make our choices, but in the end, God is in control of all things. The things that does not go, you know, the way that God wants, even if He allows the room, those that goes against, and God does not permit, and then He carries out what He sets out to do, and God's will is His sovereign control of or things and it cannot be broken it always comes to pass and that's what we see the lad is cast into the lab but the every decision is from the lord the plans of the heart belong to a man but the answer of the tongue is from the lord even if people make choices in the big scheme of things god is in control even the things bad things or sinful things that's taking place. Here, what's shocking also is in book of Acts chapter 4, is speaking about what happened to Jesus. Truly in this city they were gathered together against the holy servant Jesus, and both Herod, Pontius Pilate, along with Gentile, the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take. Place. God was in control of Pilate and then sin and all those took place. And God is in control. It's a sovereign will decree. We need to think about this as we think about God's personal will. And there is other aspects of God's will and sometimes we know it as God's moral will or commands. There are passages that speaks this way. And then, you know, that not everyone that says to me, the Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father. Here, there are many people that are not doing the will of God. They're disobeying what God is telling them and what God wants them to do, what God is commanding them. 
in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, the, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. This is the will of God. That's what the scripture says. You want to know will of God? Here, live a life of holiness. And that's what God is saying. And the other passages, 1 Thessalonians 5, what is the will of God here? Rejoice always, praise without sitting, ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. 1 John 2, it says, do not love the world or anything in the world. For anybody that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all those things that are part of the world is passing away with the desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. The word will of God. And people are not living the will of God as they are loving the world. And that's what the scripture says here. God's will that he is revealing to us, especially in the scripture, is revealed in God's word. It's called moral law or commands. Why is this important? And sometimes we're so interested, God, should I move or should I not? Should I get this job or not? But, you know, that's going to become a lot more clear for you what God is whispering to you, showing to you, when you come to become more familiar with what God is doing in the world. God's decree. That God giving only one and only son to die for a sinner through them so that the people will come to know God and God is on a mission and then bringing people to be together with him forever and God is on the mission as you become more familiar with what God is not just interested in set out to do and then we will be able to see more clearly about our personal will but What's more is as you become more familiar with God's moral law and then as you begin to surrender your life and then learn to obey God's will that is revealed in God's word, your personal will will become so much more easier, clear to find. You know, let's say, you know, you're married and then, oh, a new girl, you know, that came and began to work at the new office. And then uh, she's very attractive. And then you said hello and had a short conversation. And this person is very understanding and very encouraging. And if a person says, oh, God, is this your will that you brought somebody, you know, so uh, pretty, so attractive? And, and, then, and then, God, you know, the, is this a new person that you want me to begin a relationship Hello, the scripture says, no, 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 that's not true. It's kind of a (laughs) funny, stupid experience, uh, example. But anyway, you know, as we come to know God's will revealed in God's word, as you become more familiar and surrender aligned, personal will that God's going to show to you will become more clear and easier.
You know, what's also important also is, is you know, I was talking to somebody, I was like, ah, you know, Pastor Steve, uh, this is a very important decision, and then uh, I want you to help me. We want to see God's will together. So after talking through, listening, and praying, and then, you know, I took time to just extendedly, you know, pray together and fasted, and said, you know what, I feel that this is what God is whispering to you, and then I think we should take this step. And then and she said, thank you. And then I found out she made another phone call to another pastor and said, oh, can you meet with me and help me to find God's will? You know, God will and what God wants to speak to you and God does not want to give you suggestion but when you come to God and seek God's will we need to come ready to follow through what we know of God's will so before you think about God should I move or not or should I get this job or not think about what you already know from scripture that God is teaching you and telling you to do. Think about taking some of those and then applying and then obeying so that you will be able to walk more and then go further in and doing the will of God in your life. First, we talked about coming to know God's will that is more than just the personal will. Uh, second, we want to think together about this. Our God is a, a shepherding God, and God is uh, one that guides your life. You know, Psalm 23 is a psalm that's very familiar to you, and then you know it very well. And you probably heard me mention a few times too that sheep are pretty dumb, and then you know, when sheep do not have a shepherd to guide, and they're going to get into a lot of trouble. And I heard the sheep are dumb. I heard a few years ago in Turkey area, the shepherd was taking a long lunch break. And then I don't know whether he was doing texting or something as he was busy, preoccupied. And then he found that, you know, among some of the sheep that he was uh, taking care of, about 200 of them and went off the cliff. One after another, another just kept going and then they died. And that's what I saw. Sheep are pretty dumb, and then they cannot think for themselves. And sheep are also <laughs> directionless. And then sheep get lost so easily, even in a, a place where it's pretty safe, and they always get lost. And then, you know, the, they're just, uh, just uh, <laughs> you know, the, uh, don't know how to be together, and then uh, get lost so easily. And then also sheep are very defenseless. You know, uh, when the wolves or enemies come, some other animals, they gather together to protect. But, but you know, they just uh, uh, spread out and, then, and they just try to hide and put in their face. And then they make themselves more vulnerable and then, you know, defenseless. And that's what we know. Here, God says, I am your shepherd. Yes, God created you and knows you. And then God redeemed you, and now he, who is the covenant God, has now come to us and has this relationship together with us as a shepherd. He leads us and to a green pasture where he will satisfy you. He leads you to a still water where you don't have to worry and be scared about getting what you need to. 
and then he will continue to walk together with you and as you walk together with you and then what he does he restores your inner person and your soul and then he will continue to lead you in the path of righteousness and that's what we see you know when Israel came out of Egypt when Moses took Israel people out of Egypt and then the destination for him to take Israel people was to the promised land it was a place it only took two months to walk and travel but it took 40 years for them to travel together Bible scholars say this. I heard it many times. You know, that for 40 years that took them to travel again and again in the same vicinity was the year that was needed to take Egypt out of these people. Because in Egypt, Israel people were slaves. And as they were walking in step together with God and following God, Little by little by little, through different struggle challenges and different things that was taking place. And God was making them to be a free person who was able to worship God in freedom and to serve God wholeheartedly. You see, when God meets together with us, he has a destination toward which that he is taking us. He's not just thinking about, oh, you should get a job here. You should work here. And then you need to live here. But in the midst of those things that he lets us know and guide, he has a bigger purpose and plan. He is taking you to a place, not just place and things where you can do, but to be a place where you can be more like Christ. Let me read this passage that's familiar to you. And Romans chapter 8, 28 through 30. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also destined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. God is leading you toward glory. And, then the, and God is leading you, bringing all things together for good. And that's what we see. Many times, when we quote Romans 8.28, everything's going to work together for good. We tend to think that good is your personal happiness. But here, the good toward which that God is leading us is to become more like Jesus Christ. And that is the goal with which that God is involved in your life, in our lives, and then lead us to him. My wife and I, we've been married for about uh, 25 years. And when we first met, we were very different. And the personality and our taste and then what we like and then uh, food and clothing and many others. But, but you know, after 25 years, and then we become a lot more alike. You know, our color of our hair, you know, it's gray. 
Or, yeah, it doesn't look gray. It's the same color dye that we use. It's a dark brown. And then the food that we like, and then, and then food, you know, the, the food that she cooks, and the food that we have begun to enjoy. Perspective on life, and then many other things. We have so much more in common together because of 25 years together. As God is inviting us and then walking together with us, and then he is not only taking sinful things out of us, he is putting more and more and more of him in our lives. The way you see people, the attitudes that you have, and then as he changes you and then uses you to be a blessing to others, more and more and more, you reflect God and who God is in your life and through your life. And that's what we see. Why is this important? Yes, as you're praying, God, what should I do? Sometimes, even when you fail to do, and then even if you make mistakes, many times through those things, God brings about good and that helps you to grow to be more like him. Uh, my son is in Russia right now in the Russian mission trip. About that last year, I went together with him to a Mongolia trip. And then he has some uh, uh, physical limitations, and then he's not very actively able to participate in, the, in sports. And then while teaching uh, uh, English together with the, uh, the students over there, and then during the break time, some of the guys went out and playing basketball. And because they were being nice to uh, uh, the, the you know, uh, people, the visitors, and then they were passing balls and they were playing basketball together. But, you know, my son, he cannot catch ball and then, and then bounce. And that is very, uh, not easy for him. So the kids pass the ball to him. You know, a couple of times, and after two times, because he didn't, he had a hard time catching the ball, and then he didn't know what to do with the ball. And then after five minutes, nobody gave him basketball the whole time. And not just that day, but a few other days whenever they went out, and then he wanted to play, and then that nobody would give him the ball. And because it was, you know, the, for sure, when he has the ball, other people go very, you know, they take it, and then he cannot even handle the ball. And then he became very discouraged, and he was uh, uh, discouraged, and then he just uh, pulled himself out, and then, you know, he was trying to do other things, but it didn't work out, and then he was just struggling a lot. And after a few days later, as we were sitting around and talking about what is God teaching you, uh, through what's going on. And then he quietly opened them. He said, you know, I was struggling. I was struggling because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even play basketball, and then I couldn't even help with, uh, you know, tutoring English and to these guys. I couldn't do anything. And I was thinking, God, what good am I? Why am I here? Why did you put me here? And as he was thinking through and then struggling through many things, and he said, you know, I remember some of the things that mom and then other people told me. God loves you. And then God created that the way that you are. And then God has a plan for your life. And he said, I was struggling. What is it? I cannot even do these things. What good am I? 
But then he later said something along this line. You know, I realized as I was feeling this inadequacy challenges and I began to feel that God whispering, I love you the way you are. And then you are important to me. I'm going to use you. And then he began to realize, I began to understand the way how other people that are struggling with different limitations and challenges. And then I was beginning to feel what they were feeling. And then I wanted others to see that God loves them and God can help them. And Jesus loves them. You know, as I was thinking about that, I'm like, you know what? If that is really what God is teaching you through this trip, this trip is so worth it. I don't know what God is teaching you, but God is so much more interested in using you to display His glory, especially as you continue to surrender your life and allow Him to mold you in such a way that you not only do your job well, but through your life that God will display His grace, His love, as you let Him lead your life. There's one more thing that we want to think together. Yes, you need to come to know His will a little bit better and a little fuller. Yes, you need to know that God is leading your life. The direction, destination toward which that He's leading you is not just the place and job and then where it pays better money. But one more thing is this. You need to choose to make Him your shepherd. You know, I heard uh, uh, this psalm uh, called psalm you know the anti-psalm 23 you know that somebody wrote a, a psalm that's a anti-psalm 23 and basically it's a written with a premise like this you know the, it starts out with a heavy self-confident affirmation of faith i can take care of myself i'm basically a good person i can pursue and achieve my own goal i'm confident in myself and my abilities i say what i think and do what i want but as we continue to live your life apart from god being your god on your own even if you may think that you are a christian and what ends up happening that you will find yourself that Lord is not going to be your shepherd and then outcome and destinations are predictable, that you are going to be alone. Nobody looks out for me and looks after me. I'm empty, needy, restless, and unsafe. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I have no protector. I fear the bad things that can happen to me. Other people let me down and hurt you. In the end, you lose everything. And death is my shepherd. What I'm saying is this. God loves you and God wants to be your shepherd. When he becomes your shepherd, you're able to say, God, because you are my shepherd, I am not disturbed and I do not lack anything. But you need to make him your shepherd. You need to surrender to him and then... You need to trust Him.
I have a friend who said, Steve, let's meet together at 6 o'clock. And then I go there, and then he shows up 6.15. Oh, and he says, you know what, because of traffic, other things. He said, next time we'll meet at 7 o'clock. I went, and he shows up at 7.30. And then, oh, next time, let's meet at 12. And I go there at 12. And then, you know, is he going to come at 12? And he comes at 12.45. And the next time, I don't want to see him. And I don't want to see him. And he said, oh, it's me. And you're going to be late. It shows about his character. But do you know that when God says, I'm going to be there for you, as you do what God invites you to do, you are going to see him come through. God, lead my life. Be my God. You will see God speaking to you. As you pray, you will see God responding and then answering your prayer. As he invites you to do something, and then as you set out to obey and follow, you will see him come through. You know what? You need to have that experience with God to know that God really is trustworthy. So that even with decisions you don't know what to do with, that you can place your confidence in Him and trust Him. You know, think about this. You trust Jesus with all your failures, shame, and guilt from your past. And you trust Jesus with all your eternity, what's going to be. Could you learn to trust him with 70 years of your life here? Look back and see that he is faithful and then learn to place your trust in him. You know, few years back when we were coming back to Korea and we had to leave our, our daughter. Yeah, she was in college, uh, two hours from where we used to live. And then you know, after leaving her and then coming here, I was thinking, oh, will she be able to manage herself well? And then will she be okay? There are many different worries going through. But then Psalm 23, he will guide in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, not because we pray so hard, not because we do so many services that make God happy. No, because God is his, you know, the, her father and then her shepherd, because God is faithful and God's going to come through. When we allow God to help and then lead, we will see that God will come through again and again. We need to learn to trust Him. Some of you may have some painful experience thinking of your life, now hearing that God is sovereign for all the things even that took place. Even when He allowed, He did not cause that 
He did not sin, but then he allowed. But by his son Jesus, who understood, understands what has happened and what you went through. But Jesus paid for those things that took place. But you know what? Our God is God who is able to take the broken pain and many challenges and are able to work in such a way to bring good out of those things. And that's what God does. He's inviting you and me today to learn to place our trust in Him. I read somewhere, and said, God, give me a light so that I may tread safely into the unknown. But God replied, go out into the darkness. Put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than having light and more safe than a known way. You know, somebody named A.W. Tozer said this, You know, what we need very badly these days is a company of Christians who are prepared to trust God as completely now as they know they must do at the last day. For each of us, the time is coming when we shall have nothing but God. Health, wealth, and friends, and hiding places will be swept away. And when we have only God, to the man of pseudo-faith, And that is a terrifying thought, but to real faith, it is one of the most comforting thoughts the heart can entertain. You know, when my daughter was born and when the doctor came and with the note, and then our response was, you know, give me some time, we're going to pray and asked God to intervene, called church and asked them to pray together about what was happening, and then told my wife and then, and then other people, but we took time to just pray together. And after some time, and then we felt peace, and then we came back and told the doctor, we're going to wait and see. We're going to wait and see. You know, after a few hours, as people were praying, and doctor came back and said, you know what, your daughter became so stable, and then she's fighting, and she's just doing so much better. And then, you know what, she is just becoming uh, so strong, and then she became stable, and then now we're going to just put her in ICU, and then she's going to be fine. And then after uh, a day, the doctor came and said, you know what, she's doing so well. She only needs to stay here for 21 days to go through all different things. And then the following day, a doctor came and said, you know what, she's doing so well. She only needs to stay here 19 days. And then a day later, uh, the doctor came and said, you know what, she's doing so well. She only needs to stay here 15 days. After about 12 days, she came out And then, you know, she came home together with us. This doctor, uh, Middle Eastern doctor, I think was a Muslim doctor, and then uh, said this, you know what, it was your God that saved her. And through a mouth of somebody that may have not known and was able to bring praise to God because as we learn to place our trust in God, You know, God 
came through. And then God comes through. Shall we pray? The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. You know, as you're thinking about what to do with your life, what's important is we first look to God and trust God. Would you align yourself to God's will? Come to know more about God's word and then learn to live aligning your lives with what you already know about what God's will is. And then would you learn to trust him and follow him? And then you will see that God will continue to lead you in the direction with a purpose that he has.